0: I give up. You could say
1: it. How <laughs> am I supposed to say it? It says with Joe Edwards.
0: <laughs> Change it to with Emma Bussin. <laughs> On the pod today, I, Emma Bussin, interviewed Dr. Jenkins along with Joe Edwards. In this episode, we talk about health issues that include vaping and teen mental health. Dr. Jenkins had very enlightening information about current teen issues. Join us for episode three The MedCap. This is a podcast produced by the WCHS Publications class. Our podcast will feature experts and professionals in the Northwest Kansas area, as well as WCHS alumni and USD 241 students. Join us as we dive into topics relating to our teenage lives here in Wallace County, Kansas. Hope you enjoy!
1: Hello, my name is Joe Edwards, and I'm here with Emma Bussin, and we are interviewing Dr. Jenkins. Hello! We had a little oopsie (laughs) yesterday. We...
0: We recorded the whole interview with Dr. Jenkins and one of his med students. Is that what he was? Mm-hmm. What was his name? Matt. Matt, and they recorded the whole interview and it turns out that the we actually didn't record it. So Dr. Jenkins had to come back today and re-record the whole interview. So, so we're very sorry about that, Dr. Jenkins.
2: It was a good practice round.
1: Good, so this is our second try.
0: Let's hope this one goes better. But so where did you attend medical school?
2: So I went to Lincoln Memorial University in Harrogate, Tennessee. It is an osteopathic school. The name of the school is DeBusk College of Medicine.
0: So, what is osteopath? Oh, I don't even know. How to say
1: that.
2: <laughs> yeah, <same. laughs> yeah. So there's two there's two types of medicine, I guess. In America, really, it's becoming worldwide. It's called allopathic. That would be your M.D.s, and then your osteopathic. The D.O. Um, D.O.s focus on uh, really. It's I shouldn't say holistic medicine, but that's pretty close to what it is. Oh, okay. And where we believe that it's not just a physical or a pathological problem, that many times we're we're looking at the whole person, so that we can treat the whole per- the person as a whole and not just individual organ systems.
0: Oh, that makes sense.
1: How long was your schooling? So, if you count
2: undergrad, medical school, and post grad, um, it it comes out to eleven years.
0: Oh Holy my cow. <laughs> Yeah, I thought my four years of high school was bad. I uh, hated same. high school. And we're not even through it yet, are we, Joe?
2: <laughs> no, not even close. You're going to get there.
0: Well, wise words, I guess. <laughs> get through high school.
2: A, a very wise man once told me, he said, Chad, you're going to be breathing in 15 years anyway. Do you want to be breathing as a doctor or breathing as something else? And I said, well, I'd probably prefer being a doctor. He said, yeah. then do the work.
0: Yeah, make the money. That's right. <clears throat> that, that's the important thing. So since moving to a different state, how has the mental health issue inclined or declined?
2: So I wouldn't say that it is inclined or declined. I think this is a national problem that we see. Um, with our technology, our communication systems, I don't think that we have an isolated area of this country anymore. Um, if something goes viral on the East Coast, it's instantly viral on the West Coast. Um, we have little devices that we carry in our hands that keep us updated you know, by the millisecond of everything that's going on. And so I don't think mental health... Um, it's more or less in any one particular part of the country. Um, I would say there are pockets that are worse than others, but I wouldn't say that it's inclined or declined based upon this move.
0: Do you think social media really impacts that? Or?
2: I would say social media definitely impacts that. We live in a, in a culture that is driven by influencers. I mean, there couldn't be a more perfect name than that. You're influenced yeah. to think a certain way. You're influenced to dress a certain way. You're influenced to buy certain things, to do certain things, to think certain things. And so I find it interesting in a world that screams um, diversity. They want everyone to dress the same, look the same, act the same, listen to the same things. So, yeah, they scream diversity and then want everyone to be just alike.
1: Since Almost every kid has to go to school five days a week. Do you think, like, how they dress in school affects their mental health at all?
2: So I've been to both of those. I've been to a school where there was no uniform, and I went to school for several years to a school that was did have uniforms. Um, as a dude, uniforms were awesome. I didn't have to worry <laughs> about what I was wearing. It was khaki or gray and a white shirt. And if it was Wednesday, I had to wear a tie. Um, the nice part about that is that, um, I did not come from a very affluent family. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I couldn't afford the cool clothes that a lot of the other kids did. And so the uniform kind of puts you on an even playing field. It's interesting though. People will always find ways to separate yourselves. So they didn't have a uniform backpack. So if you were a cool kid, you had a certain backpack. And if you were an uncool kid, you couldn't afford said backpack. Yeah. And so there was always ways to create that hierarchy, right? Whether it wasn't it wasn't just clothes there now, it was backpacks and certain shoes. So and and if that affects their grades or their well being, I think we're always going to find ways to have clicks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't so I don't think that a uniform or a non uniform is going to affect grades.
0: Did you growing up did that year influence <laughs> you choosing osteopathic instead of what was the other one you said? Allopathic. Eight, allopathic. Mm-hmm. Did that influence that?
2: So, no, I wouldn't say so. In fact, growing up, um, none of my family members went on to, uh, well, I can't think of any family members that graduated a four-year degree, so none of them went on for master's mm-hmm. and further. Um, and, and honestly, I wasn't, I didn't go back to college till I was 30. So I had owned a construction company and a tech company and I kind of bought and sold a few companies and did very well. And then in 2008 with the big housing debacle fallout, lost everything. So I learned what it was like to have a lot and then I learned what it was like to have nothing. Mm -hmm. And so um, actually made the choice to go into nursing and was almost complete with nursing school when a very good friend of mine now, who was a doctor, Dr. John Paul said that uh, you're going to make the worst nurse I've ever seen. You need to go to medical school. (laughs) He said, yes, too many questions. If you want to know the answers, go to medical school and learn it for yourself. That was the first time anyone had ever said to me that I could be more than what I thought. Mm -hmm. And so a light bulb turned on in my head that day, and I couldn't get it to shut off. And so I dropped out of nursing school, went pre-med, and the rest is history.
0: So how long have you been in the healthcare industry, like all in all?
2: Yep. so I started in, it was 2010.
1: Oh.
2: So I have worked every job that there is to work inside of an emergency department. (laughs) I started as a a secretary and janitor, and then I got my EMT certification, started working as a tech in the ER, and then went to nursing school and started working as a student nurse in the ER, and then left that and have worked as a doc in (laughs) the ER. So.
0: So you like being the, the doctor in the ER better than like...
2: So I don't see it that way. And I think because of kind of working all those jobs, I see it a little bit different. I've worked with a lot of physicians who, you know, they're the boss, what mm-hmm. I say goes. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a team. I think everybody works together to play a certain role. And when you do it that way, you have much better outcomes. I don't see any one person more important than anyone else in the in those settings. We all work together to get a job done. It's no different than a basketball or football team. You have some people playing certain positions. Without that position, it would make things difficult. Mm-hmm. But everyone is playing in a position to complete a goal. So I yeah. don't see it as someone's more important than someone else. Yeah.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So one of the really popular things right now in, like, the teenage, mm-hmm. teena- within teenagers mm-hmm. is vaping. Mm-hmm. So how have you handled that, like, as a doctor?
2: Vaping is rough. And so <clears throat> it was initially marketed as a way for people to stop smoking. It was literally marketed as a safer way mm-hmm. um, to smoke. The problem is, is when's the last time um, the lungs encountered oil? And so that liquid that's in those pods, that's in those pens, I mean, a lot of it's vitamin E. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it's a vitamin. It must be healthy. Yeah. But the lungs weren't made to be coated in that much oil. And that ends up causing, actually can suffocate the tissues of the lungs, causing damage. And so the other scary part is some of the pods are refillable. Mm-hmm. So you can put things back in the pods. Yeah. Well, I had a kid in the ER one night who took a hit off a vape pen that wasn't his. Someone had refilled the pod with meth. Oh, Lord. And so here he is literally tripping out of his head thinking mm-hmm. there are demons coming to kill him. And he's one of the first times he had ever used a vape pen, and he got one with meth in it. So and the amount of nicotine that's in some of those pods is higher than that, that what, what's even in a pack of cigarettes. And so
1: mm-hmm.
2: vaping as a whole is not healthy. So I've had horror stories in the ER, 16-year-olds with destroyed lungs. Probably going to end up on a lung transplant list. I had a 19-year-old that we had to put chest tubes in, ultimately died. And all of that was repercussions of vaping.
0: So the moral of the story here, Joe, is don't
1: vape. Don't vape. Don't smoke. Don't do anything.
0: Don't get on that trend.
1: Yeah. That that would probably be a good idea. (laughs) Is there anything, like, at all beneficial from, like, e-cigarettes, cigarettes, cigarettes, cigars, vaping, like, at all?
2: There is... I know that there is a there is a vape pen now with melatonin in it um that's weird yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i guess if you can't sleep you can vape yourself to sleep now i never Um, would have thought of that yeah yeah, and but i'm still concerned about what whatever the carrier oil is yeah all right and so whatever that is obviously that could be dangerous and so is there anything beneficial I think as long as it's vaping and that whole process of how that works, probably not. It's that foreign object, foreign subject or substance that you're putting in your body. But um, I guess maybe we'll see changes down the road to where they're able Mm -hmm. to put things in. I mean, we give medications through the lungs. Mm -hmm. And so maybe one day that'll become a thing where there is something safe or good for you. But as it stands now, I don't know of any.
1: Hmm. Do you think... Cigarettes or vaping are more addictive. Are they about the same?
2: So the addictive potential of vaping or in the cigarettes, one, it's, it's a habit. It's something you're, you do repetitively. Mm-hmm. The other thing is it's whatever the substance is. So obviously nicotine is highly addictive. Yeah. And so is it cigarettes, is it cigars, is it vaping? It doesn't really matter because the addictive substance, the nicotine, is really what's causing the problem. And so I don't think anyone's more addictive than the other. mm mm-hmm. Um, the scary part about vaping to me though, is that they now make, um, vape pens where there isn't a lot of vapor that comes out when you breathe out, which means you now have access to vape all the time and people may never even know you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And so where cigarettes, you know, you had to take a smoke break, you had to go Mm -hmm. outside to a certain area and you know, that was it. Well, now people can do it all the time, and they do. You see them. I was just in a uh, at an aquarium, and there's people walking around the aquarium, yeah, the whole time, like like vaping. So, um, I don't. As far as the addiction potential, that's in the substance, is mm-hmm. in the danger. I think vaping just makes the whole process easier.
1: Well, so yesterday mm-hmm. McKenna and Jalen told me that you had a story of the 19-year-old who had a collapsed lung, mm-hmm. and then he. Got something with his lungs, something medical, and then he coughed, and then the other lung burst, and then he didn't survive. That can happen? Apparently.
2: So, uh, a 19-year-old was on the floor for shortness of breath. Um, He had tested positive for COVID. Um, He was on just some nasal oxygen. He was doing well. Um, I got a call from the nurse on the floor, said, hey, this individual's having a little bit harder time breathing. I said, well... I said i have an open bed in icu do you think he needs it and she said well he's gotten really bad really fast i said okay so let's let's get him to the icu and let's it was looking like we were going to have to either put him on what's called cpap or bipap or intubate him the nurse that went to got him my icu nurse that went up to the floor to get him called me and said hey i've got unequal chest rise which means one lung was expanding and one lung wasn't I said, then you need to get him over to CT right away. We need to see what's going on. We get him to CT, and the whole his whole left lung is collapsed. Um, I didn't get those results till he was already in the ICU. Well, by the time he had gotten to the ICU, he was death gripping the the rails on the bed and like shaking, trying mm-hmm. to breathe. Mm-hmm. I got that read back. I immediately uh, started calling the different teams and we immediately, it's called RSI, or rapid sequence innovation where we paralyze, use an amnesic so he doesn't remember it, put an ET tube in him, put him on a ventilator, immediately started a chest tube in the left side of his chest, and through that process of the innovation is when he coughed and the right lung went down. And so as we're putting a chest tube in, trying to inflate the left Mm -hmm. lung, the right lung goes down. While all this is going on, the mom is standing outside the room screaming. That's the closest I've ever come to emotionally losing it. Um, He was 19. My son was 19 at the time. He looked like my kid. It was everything I could do Mm -hmm. to hold it together in that moment. As the mom and dad are just weeping over here, the brother came to me and he said, look, you can't tell anyone, but he's been vaping for the last two years. He's actually been vaping up in the up in the room in the hospital. And I said, okay, that gives me a lot of information I wish I would have known a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so what had happened between the COVID and the vaping, his lungs were incredibly weak and they collapsed. The, sad, the saddest part of the whole story is that he did not make it. He did make it for about a month after mm-hmm. we did all that. But because of the medications that we had to use, to keep his blood pressure up he lost all his fingers and all his toes and this was a 19-year-old who played incredible guitar. Mm-hmm. And so even if he had survived he would have never been able to do that again. Yeah. Would would all this have happened if he hadn't vaped? I don't know that for sure, but I do know his lungs would have been exponentially stronger. Yeah. And so the likelihood would have been a lot lower.
0: So how are the medical issues that teens face? Like, how are they different than the medical issues of adults?
2: Well, <clears throat> I, think, I think teens face a lot more um, pressure from the outside world, whether it be through the phones, whether it be through their friend group, um, to do certain things, to act certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, we still see that in the adult world. I would say that the, the teenagers obviously innately are healthier than adults are, um, but I would definitely say that they face more of the anxiety depression than maybe most adults do.
0: Yeah, and I think social media plays a big part in that just because teenagers are bigger into social media mm-hmm. than adults, mm-hmm. so they feel more pressured to do all the trends and stuff.
2: Well, it, there, there's that too, and then the body's amazing at <clears throat> knowing if I don't need to make something, then I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So imagine you owned a company and you made this doodly-wop, right? And it cost you $30 to make each one. And you're selling them for 60 mm-hmm. And then you find out that there's this dude five states away that can make the same thing for $10, but he doesn't have any way to sell them. Are you going to keep making yours that costs 30 to make, or are you going to start buying the one down the street for $10 and still yeah. sell it? You're going to stop your production, mm-hmm. You're going to go buy it for cheaper than you can make it and turn around and sell it again the body does the same thing and so if we don't need to work hard Mm -hmm. to get a dopamine response to have that satisfaction of something Mm -hmm. because all we have to do is flip to the next screen and get our little drop of dopamine Mm -hmm. then the body goes well why do hard things to get that when i can get it so easily so then we almost get into like a dopamine overload or even worse almost build up a resistance to it where you need more and more of that, that subject or that substance to make you feel a certain way. So an example of that is, have you ever gone like a week without using your phone?
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. And
2: then when you get back on your phone, you're like, yeah, yeah, it's awesome, right? Well, that's the same thing. But then how many times have you done a thing where you're swiping like for hours Mm -hmm. and you're just like, this is terrible. There's nothing to be seen, right? So you've actually built up A resistance Mm -hmm. to that satisfaction hormone.
0: Can you have like dopamine withdrawals? Is that a thing? It is a thing. Oh, man.
2: It is a thing. (laughs) Yep. And so dopamines our happy hormone, right? It's what we we feel good. And so that would be concerning when you develop a resistance to your happy hormone. And then we wonder where depression comes from.
0: Yeah. I never knew that. That makes a lot (laughs) of sense now. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) So if we want to be happier in our lives... Sometimes it's dopamine control. It's actually not living on dopamine Mm
1: 24-7.
2: It's working hard to find that that satisfaction in something. Hmm. It's good for the body from the work, and it's good for the mind.
0: That makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. Um, What are some things you've seen changed, have seen changing in, in like, the area of teen health since you started your journey as a doctor?
2: So I think there's been a lot more... um, light that's been brought to you know anxiety depression Mm -hmm. um, psychiatric disorders bipolar um, even anorexia bulimia um, body dysmorphia as a whole I think there's been a lot more um, information that has come out about that we've looked a lot more at that and so I think that has changed because we're trying more to affect those my concern with some of that is so if I shine a light on something enough, some people will look at that and go, well, maybe I have that. Mm-hmm. And then they self-identify with that diagnosis. And then they tell everyone, well, I act this way because I'm depressed. Yeah. Or I act this way because I have anxiety. No, you act that way because you act that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just don't act that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so um, I think it's great that we're moving forward. We're becoming more aware of these things. I just think that we need to... Um, As a people, we just need to stop always looking for the easy way out Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and
2: sometimes just do the right thing because it's the right thing and we'll reap a reward for that.
0: Okay, this is the award-winning question. Okay. Would you ever want to be on the show Grey's Anatomy?
2: The answer is a hard no. (laughs) Hard no. I struggle watching medical shows because there's so much stuff on there that I'm like, who is your consultant? (laughs) Like this isn't even close to real. Um, the funny thing is about Grey's Anatomy, some of that drama, oh, dude, it happens all the time in real hospitals. Really? Yeah. I thought Um, that was
0: all just, like, made up. Yeah.
2: All the, like, relationship stuff. That's real? Oh, God, yeah. It's all the time. That's crazy. It's all the time. And so... I
0: I thought that was just, like, a plot line for the show or something. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: Well, whether it was a plot line or for the show or whether the show created the plot line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People are acting like that at hospitals. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. But good thing we don't see that at smaller hospitals, it's more more at the big ones. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a CNA mm-hmm. and I watch like medical shows and mm-hmm. even I think they're like stupid because they,
2: they're painful to watch. Yeah, they're
0: just there's so much things that just are medically incorrect.
2: Correct. So I, I can't agree.
0: even like imagine being a doctor yeah. and watching shows like yeah. that.
2: It's painful. I remember I watched a movie and they used the spike for the IV tubing that goes up in the IV bag as the IV.
1: Oh, my goodness. And this was like a big movie.
2: And I was like, I just can't right now. I'm done. I, I literally quit watching it. <laughs> so. um,
0: I feel that way about Yellowstone. Yep. Everybody loves Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. But um, I rant mm-hmm. and there's just so many things that are wrong about that movie that it just...
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. They're just
0: incorrect. Yeah,
2: they've they've tried to glorify things that just don't actually even happen. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's just like like the western part of Yellowstone. That's like not right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but everybody thinks it's so cool, but it's like not
2: right. You you mean you don't have anybody around here trying to be like RIP?
0: That's true. (laughs) You're right.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us again. It's been great. Thank you for the second time. Mm -hmm. Yes,
0: we're very sorry making you come back. No,
2: it's been great. It's been great anytime.
1: Yeah, well, we really enjoyed this, really actually learned some stuff today. I learned yeah. a
0: lot of stuff. Yeah. I never would have thought about, like, the whole dopamine thing. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, Good. Well, thank you once again.
0: Yes, thank you, Dr. Dinkins. Yes.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the pod. If you like this episode, please consider subscribing and coming back to listen to our future episodes that will be out very soon. Thank you.